Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast, and thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture, and these actions align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Today, I welcome a special guest to our show, Dr. Pat Greco, an award-winning retired superintendent and a champion of continuous improvement. After 38 years serving in public education, she joined our team in the beginning of 2019 as a Senior Director for Thought Leadership. So thank you, Pat, for joining us on our show today. So let's get started and get our listeners acquainted with you. I'm really excited about you being here. I just have had the opportunity to work with you over the years and uh, admire the work that you do and really want our listeners to have an opportunity to be connected with you today. Well, thank you. And and I, I appreciate both being part of the team and, and the friendship that we've developed over the course of the year. Just as a little bit about myself, the background, um, I started out like many leaders within education. I was a classroom teacher, taught in special education with an emphasis in uh, reading improvement, became an assistant principal, principal assistant superintendent, and superintendent over the course of my career. And in that time period, really felt many of the pains that every leader feels of how do you actually make the difference and how do you help people make the difference within the organization. Yeah, you know, and I know just from our work together, you were one of our first partners, you know, long ago. And when we connected with you and watched the passion that you had with the people that you connect with and how you really want, as a leader, want to grow and become excellent yourself and help your organization achieve excellence. You know, that's really the work that we do. And the individuals that we've been connected with throughout the country are are people just like you that really want to excel. So just want to give people an opportunity to learn a little bit more about you and the work that you do. So let's start with, um, as you think about your background, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about how your background, you know, really connects to the continuous improvement work that we do and that you're so committed to doing. Yeah, and, and I've thought a lot, a lot about this because as people get deeper into the conversations around improvement, we often think about it as accountability. You know, and part of what I've realized over the course of my career is I felt many of those same struggles. How do you actually make improvements stick over time? How do you position individual leaders in a better position when they're struggling, you know, mm-hmm. um, achieving the outcomes? How do you actually start back with what do you care most about as yeah. an organization? And how do you keep it grounded Um, so that it isn't tied to you as a leader. It's really about that organization and and the work that you're trying to do with improvement. And part of what resonated the most to me early on is I've spent decades trying to figure this out. The nine principles, I often say, ends up being the heart or that true north. What defines the work of an excellent organization within a community that's really passionate about the education of their children? about the type of organization you want to be that people say, I really want to work there because it's something, a lot of the research says people value most when it's bigger than themselves. Yeah. You know, so I did too. Yeah. I was looking for something 
bigger than myself that really added value over time. So when we think about excellence in leadership, it's really positioning other people to thrive. Yeah. Children, staff, the organization, the community. And you know this. We've, yeah. you know, we've known each other for almost 10 years now. That's right. We were positioned in a, in a community that wanted to improve and didn't know how to improve. I was working daily with people who were passionate about making a difference, mm -hmm. and we didn't have that early capacity to make a difference. Mm -hmm. and, and really, that is, is the best part of the work that we do yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I think about just in our work too, you know, it's great to have what we've been able to do is partner and connect and be kind of that trusted advisor in organizations and what we call ourselves as a coach. But it's a thought partner and, a, and we partner in that process of learning, you know, how to do that. And you've just along the way been a great thought partner with us. And, um, you know, I know you're a great thought partner with the individuals that you work with as well. And it is, it's as much about that drive and that passion, you know, as it is the execution of what we need to do in order to be the best that we can be. So let's, if leaders want to start building an improvement mindset in their organization, what would you recommend that they do to start? The early start isn't technically hard. You know, it, it's really just hard to hardwire. Okay. You know, so when we, when we think about, that was the part that struck me the most the first time I saw the evidence-based leadership framework was it isn't, there's no part of that that's technically hard to understand. You have to align the work, the goals to the core mission. What are you really passionate about? What are the goals that are important for students, for the organization, for staff? How do you align the development of the of the people so that they can be successful. Mm -hmm. How do you actually work together to reach agreements of this is how we're going to behave together as a leadership team. These are the actions that we're going to commit to. This is what follow through looks like. And then how do you get people so clear that they're individually committed to doing the right work and you know, all of the research is clear. I can't chase people around to yeah, make sure that right. they're accountable. Yeah, that's you right. have to build the system so that that accountability is a normal outcome of good processes that you've put in place. Yeah. You know, so when we think about evidence-based leadership, it's the how and it's building great processes so that you can live that ultimate mission and vision and those commitments of the nine principles. Yeah, that's great. That's a great way to put that. that you know, I think, you know, staying with the nine principles, the evidence-based leadership framework a little bit, you know, just give us a high-level advanced organizer or flow, you know, for the improvement work. So we've talked about the framework, the nine principles, you know, just at a high level. You know, what's that flow look like to you? I remember those early meetings when we had the entire leadership team and the board and we spent a couple of hours just defining you know in that early part of the work what did we value most and how would we know as an organization whether or not we're getting close to that and then that early flow is how do you actually build in those leadership development opportunities in a regular cadence over the course of the year yeah so that we're not getting too far away from we're not losing track of what we've committed to. And we do have that pulse of 
both the learning the process and holding people to those always actions of we're committing to regularly meeting with staff members, understanding what is working well for them, understanding where their barriers are and really working to get those out of the way. Building that sense of commitment among that leadership team and really just as you do with our own work here, not letting it get too far out past that quarterly update of are we following through on what we've said we were going to do our actions on. Yeah. You know, those you know, um, those regular opportunities to do the blend between the learning time and the follow through and the check in of are we actually committing to the work that yeah, we're doing. Yeah, that's great. That's a great way to think through that. And um, I also want to want to let our listeners know that one of the one of the things that you did as we were working with you, what Dr. Greco did is she always showed up. And so sometimes when we're doing leadership development institutes or we're doing strategy cycles or meeting with the team, she was always there. And I've been in organizations from time to time when they assign the leaders to go, but the executive leader doesn't show up. And, there, and I, if I put 10 organizations, if I line them up, and we had you know eight where the executive leader showed up and two when they didn't, those two wouldn't be as excellent as the eight. And um, I think it's really significant that you practice the work that you're talking about. You don't just expect others to do it, but as that executive leader, you really took charge of that and really monitored and helped people work through that. Yeah, and I, I think that that matters for every level of the organization, whether it's the support staff side or the certified staff. If you're saying this is important, it's got to be important for you too. Absolutely, absolutely, and you lived it well. So a final question, you know, give people and organizations one piece of advice that shows the value of improvement work. You know, so if, if um, you know, if they said just, we look at the value of what improvement work will do, you know, what's what's the one piece of advice that you, you give to people? Really be honest about what is working and celebrate it and be honest about where the pain points are and view it as a, we haven't figured it out yet, but we're going to dig into that problem and figuring out figure out the barriers that are really blocking our way. Measures are always imperfect and people get stuck with those. Mm-hmm. Start with what you have and then learn your way into the process of improving the organization. Model not being defensive. Yeah. You know, and Gosh. and model really being humble around this work isn't about the people in the jobs right now. It's really about the organization. It's about the community. It's about the the people that we serve. Yeah, I think that I have an organization that I've been working with over the course of the past year, and one of the conversations that we're having is how do we how how can we be brutally honest? And that's not been part of the culture. You know, there's been a relatively new leader, and so the expectation is improvement. And, um, and people want to be, but it's not, it, and it's, we can say, well, just do it, but it's not that easy. Right. Because it really is, don't you think, a culture shift of the way we engage in conversations with each other to fill that safe space to have those conversations. I think it also, in, as the profession on the education side of the house, we think about accountability as good, bad. And one of the things I've learned most from healthcare leaders 
is when they're talking about curing cancer, they don't blame the people, they don't blame the nurses, they don't blame the doctors, they don't blame yeah, the researchers. That's right. They basically do it under a lens of, we haven't figured out the processes that matter the most. But once we do, we are committed to hardwiring those. Yeah. You know, so that's really where I think the crosswalk is so important is improvement measures are small and fast. Improvement measures are how do we learn from the process that's causing that improvement? And then how do we hardwire the process that matters the most? If we can shift the conversation there, yeah. doesn't matter where our pain points are, we can get better at anything. Right. If we're that transparent on what we haven't figured out yet, but we're absolutely committed to getting those barriers out of the way. Yeah, and that's the true commitment of everyone. It's right. just pulling together and having that conversation to live out that commitment. So as you all, um, as you all go out this week and you listen to, to the message from Dr. Greco, let's really think about an improvement mindset. And as you think about yourself and you think about your organization, you know, really think about what are those one or two things that your organization needs to do to shift your mindset from what you do every day in terms of work to a culture that really lends itself to an improvement focus and building that improvement mindset within your organization. So I would just challenge you this week to jot down one, two, or three actions that you could take to reconsider the way that you're doing your work today that could help you do your work a little bit better next week. So Pat, I just thank you so much for joining me today and giving our listeners an opportunity to hear from you. You're an outstanding leader and continue to lead other leaders in doing great work. And just, it's a privilege to have you as part of our team. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. I look forward to connecting with you next week as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.